on today's episode we're going to be talking with the founder of black pearl swimwear and how they used pop-up stores to launch their brand in local geographies do stay tuned Welcome to 2X E-Commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenei, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me, and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they can do this, but will never deliver on their promises. You need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. That is why 10,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio. What's the secret to building customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going year round. Just head over to clavio.com forward slash beyond BF for more. That's clavio.com forward slash beyond BF.com. Hey guys, before you jump into this episode, I just wanted to talk to you about our Facebook group. It's a mastermind group called the E-Commerce Growth Accelerator and it's on Facebook. To get to it, it's bit.ly forward slash e-commerce FB. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash e-commerce FB. And it is pretty much a community that takes this podcast to a more social environment. This podcast is all about being me speaking to you. It's been a one-way conversation. Now, I have started to gather listeners, the listener base in this, you know, um, on this podcast in that community. And um, essentially, what's happening is we're we're having conversations we're having really deep conversations on there and what we're going to do after the um, facebook group is we're going to have group calls group phone calls and to qualify for the book group phone calls you have to be a member of the facebook group so um if you're a founder you're an expert you know you're a marketer in e-commerce specifically in e-commerce join us you know it's a space for the truly ambitious wanting to make an impact in the markets they serve and you know those willing and open to help and share with other members um so yeah um come in 
I would give you a warm welcome, share your pains, share your wins, share your struggles. We are there to help. Um, so it's bit.ly forward slash e-commerce FB. I will link to it in the show notes. Um, enjoy this episode and um, yeah, cheers. Hi guys, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm Kunle, your host. Um, this is a podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. Um, so if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, traffic and automate these sales, you're in the right place, people. Um, so today's episode is different um, in the sense that we're not talking digital marketing today. We're moving into the leap from digital to retail, but we're not quite getting to retail yet. We're somewhere in between. It's more like purgatory. But um, yeah, um, my guest in today's show, um, she runs a, a swimwear brand. Um, it's called Black Pearl Swimwear. She's based in Atlanta and um, she's a digital native, you know, direct to consumer brand. What they pretty much, they started out in 2017, I believe. And um, they had their first pop-up store installation at Macy's, two Macy's stores in Florida, and I believe in California. And she's here to share a ton of experience, you know, tell us a bit about her brand, you know, lots about her brand actually, and kind of give you guys a perspective, you know, you guys who are considering trying to get into retail, I'm trying to give you a perspective or, you know, set of eyes as to what it entails, you know, going into pop-up stores and eventually, hopefully, you know, moving, you know, retail, because that's where, you know, um, a lot, that's the direction of many, many digital native direct to, you know, consumer brands. Now I probably, um, wobble too <laughs> much, just waffle too much, um, with introduction, but without further ado, I'd like to welcome Molly to, to, to this um, show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I probably haven't done you sufficient justice introducing you and um, Black Pearl Swimwear. Could you take a minute or two, you know, to introduce yourself and, um, and your brand Black Pearl Swimwear? Sure. Well, I'm the founder and CEO of Black Pearl Swimwear, and it is a company dedicated to creating luxury swimwear for diverse women. Um, we're really committed to empowering them to feel comfortable, confident, and sexy on their own terms. And um, we, you know, we created a digital native brand so that we could control that experience um, and really lean into a customer-centric um, product and, and brand story. So, yep. And we did launch in 2017. You got that correct. Um, So this is our second season. And yeah, we're excited. We've been growing. We've introduced new colors, um, a few new styles. And yeah, we're just excited for summer to arrive. Yeah, I absolutely love your your website. Um, It's... It draws me. Um, it's, it's streamlined. It, it's really, really nice. It's it's it's, it's engaging, and you know, from from my um, from my perspective. Okay, so let's probably step back. Uh, you know, um, a few years before two thousand and seventeen. Um, prior to founding, um, you know, Black Pearl Swimwear, what what did you do? What was your background? Yeah, my career has been spent mostly in business development and sales. So um, I really, you know, I've done a lot of different things. Um, I did language translation services, 
you know, after school arts education. Um, there's a, a woman I admire and follow here called Marie Forleo, who calls it being a multi-passionate entrepreneur, which mm-hmm. I think is just a nice way of saying, you know, I kind of have a lot of different interests. Um, but the core of that being, you know, curiosity and problem solving. So throughout my career, the different things that I've done, um, you know, I've always thought there's got to be a a better way to do this. Um, and I landed on swimwear because after I had my second child, I felt very disconnected from any of the offerings that I saw. It was either buy some cheap suit at Target where you can also buy like, you know, chicken for dinner and household cleaning products. <laughs> or, you know, it was these very luxury high-end uh, brands that felt inaccessible to someone who was probably going to be spending most of her time chasing a toddler at the neighborhood pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to bridge that gap of a high-quality, luxury-made product, um, but that's accessible, both at the price point and in, you know, how you're going to be using it. So we really blend a lot of function into the fashion. Um, you know, for example, we use like a racer back, uh, which provides a lot of coverage and support. So when you're splashing around with your kids, you're not nervous. There's going to be an oops moment. Um, you know, so kind of finding that, that customer like myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's not always jetting off to Bali. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, you're going on a kind of low-key family vacation, but you still deserve and want to have that luxury. That quality, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great backstory. Um, and um, I just wondered, you know, um, how do, do do you interact? Have you, you know, prior to the pop-up store, which we're going to talk about in yeah. a lot of detail, um, did you interact quite a lot um, with customers, you know, um, and share this story with them? Um, how did you, you know, sort of engage with, with the market? How, how were you sharing well, your story? As most people do, you know, you start asking your friends, hey, are you feeling this way? Where do you shop for swimsuits? What are you doing? How are you working around this problem? Um, and people didn't really have a good answer. Um, and I took that a little bit further. Um, I actually started an online survey um, that just kind of ask these types of questions, like what frustrates you about swimsuit shopping, you know, or do you love it and why? Um, and then, you know, so I got a, a little over a hundred responses for that. And it led me to confirm that this is actually a problem beyond myself and my few friends. And so then I, I ended up running an um, Indiegogo campaign. It's oh. similar to Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. it's a, like a crowdfunding platform. Yeah. Um, and I did that to also just kind of you know, make sure this is actually a market problem, um, you know, and am I the right person to solve it? So the other side of that was, aside from talking to potential customers and learning about the market, was on the back end, talking to manufacturers and trying to figure out, you know, how how can we make this different um, than what's currently happening? You know, and at the time, Victoria's Secret was kind of the biggest, I think, in the U.S. at least, swimwear provider. Most people were going that direction. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I could find a factory that would maybe make things a little bit differently <laughs> and work with someone like myself who I, I, am, I did not go to school for fashion design. So I am pretty much able to sketch things out. Um, but then I need a prototype in order to move the manufacturing and design process forward from there. 
So yeah. And, and I did do that probably early on. I think we're going to talk about mistakes later, but (laughs) I did, I jumped to prototype pretty quickly. Um, but it allowed me to then use my network to fit test it. You know, let's make sure this really is something different, um, and better than what people are currently finding. Fascinating. Um, did you, is, is, is your manufacturing, I, I picked up your manufacturers in the USA. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. In fantastic. Los Angeles. Yeah. Los it's Angeles, a small okay. operation. They're fantastic to work with. It was really important for me. Um, we'll talk about this too. I'm big on relationships and yeah. I wanted somebody that, you know, I could connect with quite easily and frequently, whether yeah. they like that or not, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, it make, makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so let's um, let's talk about your um, let, let's jump right in and you know talk about the your your pop up experience. You know, um, why did you decide um, you know um, one year in that um, you know pop up stores, you know having a pop up store in in a, in a retail environment was um, kind of like the way to to go to connect with, with customers? Yeah. Well, after a year, um, you know, while we had sales and some pretty good traction, um, you know, it didn't take off gangbusters. Like you read about, you know, where it's like, Oh, this company started and immediately, you know, they have a million dollar of sales. So I felt a little bit frustrated that, even though I use a wonderful uh, e-commerce platform that provides a lot of data about where my buyers are from, how often they're coming back, traffic, things like that. I didn't feel like I really understood, you know, who these people are and what's motivating them to convert or not. Um, You know, I was doing a lot of digital advertising and similarly, you know, an impression is an impression, but like, who is that woman? And why did, what connected with her about our brand so that she clicked through? Um, And so I really wanted to have offline experience with customers. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started looking into doing pop-ups and a lot of it was, you know, very expensive. Like either you kind of invest in a space that's raw and you're bringing in fixtures and you're working it the whole time. Um, I have small children, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just knew that was out. And I didn't really want to hire staff. Um, you know, I still felt like it needed to be me making that connection rather than trying to completely outsource that to uh, someone else. Um, and in my research, I came across uh, a program that, that Macy's does called The Market. And it's basically exactly what I was looking for. You know, they wanted to provide an opportunity for brands who don't currently retail to have a retail experience, to get that offline connection to clients, to understand, you know, kind of like that sales flow versus our online, you know, our funnels and our email list building and all of that. It's very different when a person comes in the store, you know, how are you engaging with them? And I also just felt like it would give me a ton of feedback about our product too. Because of course, as entrepreneurs, you know, as much as we love our product, if, you know, we need to make sure that it's really what our target audience is looking for. So I wanted to hear that feedback directly from people. And it's really hard to get people online to kind of give you that information. So while we do collect reviews and we follow up with people after they purchase, it's just a lot easier to make that connection in person. 
So um, that's kind of how I found this opportunity um, and went with it. Um, so, yeah. Great, great stuff. Um, so what about planning? Um, how, you know, what, what was the cycle like um, from inquiry through to, you know, um, putting up your, your inventory um, at Macy's? Well, it's a fun story. Um, I actually put an application in and was looking to do so. I did it in you know August um, of, of 2018, and I was hoping to do something in the spring of 2019. And I got a call that week, and they were like, "Oh, we think you'd be great at this, but we we kind of we want you to come in September. How about that?" Well, and, month. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Short like, notice. Well, every, everything I was reading said like you need a three month you know timeline to prepare and get all the visual assets together and whatever. And they were like, "Well, I mean, do you have inventory on hand? Do you think you could ship it to us and like we could do this in a two week turnaround time?" And of course, as an entrepreneur, I said, "Absolutely, <laughs> we can do that." Why not? <laughs> um, so you know, I think typically. Uh, you probably would want to take, you know, maybe a three month cycle, um, particularly if you're not fully stocked in inventory um, or, you know, if you want to take more time to develop your visual assets. But thankfully, because we are digitally native, you know, we have our assets already created. Um, so that wasn't too difficult. And then, um, yeah, I did happen to have inventory on hand. So so, so besides inventory, what, what assets, what visual assets do they, do they want from you? Your logo, photo? Yeah, so they do, um, they have video. So they have an in-store loop on, um, in the store promoting the brands that are in the market. Um, so they wanted a video. Um, they wanted, you know, typical things like your logo. Um, I made some tabletop signs to accompany the product so that, you know, you're not just looking at a bathing suit. There's a sign there that explained, you know, what are the things that are different about this swimwear, you know, our fabric, our fit, things like that. And then, you know, uh, they call it a Bella tower. So it's just kind of like a more, a larger sign with lifestyle images for your brand, uh, your logo, just trying to draw attention to clients. So yeah, that was what they required. And, you know, the great thing about working with them too, is they had an entire professional team. So mm -hmm. it, you know, if I was struggling with a format or, you know, I don't have Photoshop, it, you know, can you help me with this? They were great um, at taking, you know, my raw images and putting it into a really professional slick looking sign. What about your UPC codes? Um, did you did you have to um, just go into their system, or did they use your UPC codes? They would have used mine if I had them, but I was truly digital native, and I had no um, no codes. So they did provide codes, but they are just for Macy's. Okay. So should I choose to do something somewhere else, those wouldn't work. Okay. Um, but it was it would have been a, a, a huge investment of money and time to get registered to yeah. have like, Thanks. you know, so it made perfect sense. And I was glad they were able to do that. Okay. And then um, how did you manage concurrently running um, in, in two States, not, not even two locations within a state, but two, two different States, one's in the East coast and the other was in, in the West coast of the state. 
Yes. Um, and that was another attractive thing that Macy's provided. Yes. Um, they yeah, have a so full good. staff and mm-hmm. it's not just even the staff that's on the regular floor. They have hired a specific sales staff to support the brands that they're bringing in for the pop-ups. Um, and that was another part of the preparation is, you know, we did um, a training with their sales staff. So getting them to understand, you know, what our value proposition is, different things about the brand, the product, et cetera. Um, And so knowing I didn't have to staff two locations for five weeks um, made it a lot easier to manage. Um, I did choose to do some in-store events um, that I hosted. And so it was a really busy month of traveling to Florida for, you know, a long weekend and then traveling to California for a long weekend and in the meantime, you know, it's end of summer. So I'm doing a lot of promotion on the on the website, trying to clear that inventory as well. Um, so it was hectic. And it's probably not something I would choose to do every month. But knowing that it was a short-term thing, um, yeah, just kind of dove into it. Okay. And... Um- so what was the the experience like on a on a daily basis? Did you get the interaction you you so you know um looking to to, to have you so wanted um with with Macy's customers? I got that when I went to the store for sure. I got mm-hmm. to have the interaction that I wanted, um, not only from the women that were visiting the pop-up and connecting with them, but from the saleswomen uh, and, and gentlemen, they had salesmen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> who were, uh, you know, kind of running the store for me. So, you know, they were able to say, oh yeah, people have been telling us that these are so comfortable. Um, you know, a piece of feedback I got is uh, I hadn't been using removable cups. Um, and they were like, listen, a lot of people really want removable cups. So I'm like, great, no problem. But no one's going to tell me that online. Like, Hey, I didn't want to buy it because you didn't have this. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that you tell somebody in person after you come out of the dressing room. Um, so I did get a lot of that feedback. Um, and thankfully a lot of it was very helpful and specific, Um, even silly things like, oh, the hang tag doesn't hang low enough for us to see the price and the size quickly. So, you know, people don't want to take the time to dig on the hanger. You know what I mean? To pull the hang. I never would have thought of that. Um, so really simple things that I think have had a big impact on, uh, my business and how I'm approaching, um, you know, positioning the product and, and things like that. So yes. And then on the other side of that, of course, that wasn't happening every day. Um, but Macy's did provide a lot of data analytics. So once you became part of the pop-up, they gave you a login to a dashboard. And it, you know, short of actually providing video of people touching your clothes, mm-hmm. um, it records quite a bit of information. Like how long did somebody stand by this product? Did they pick it up? You know, it it was very interesting. It it took it to a whole different level that we don't see online. And yeah, did imagine that? Yeah, yeah, I was obsessively checking that every day. (laughs) I will too. I will too. I will too. Fascinating stuff. Um, So it lasted for five weeks. Yes. Did you meet all your objectives over the five weeks? What 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 did you do brilliantly? And what, what do you think you'd have done better? 
That's a great question. I think um, ultimately at the end of the experience, um, I think I realized that as wonderful as Macy's was and they were pretty supportive, I'm not quite sure they got that it needed to be different. So instead of just throwing up a store within your store, it, I don't know, there needed to be like, perhaps had they thought it through like, oh, we're going to have a swimwear brand. Let's also have a luggage brand. Let's also have, um, you know, someone who's making beautiful dresses that you would pair with swimwear to go on vacation, just a more cohesive concept, mm-hmm. um, you know, instead of it just kind of being a hodgepodge of pop-ups and expecting that to be unique enough to drive customers. Sorry, Molly. Um, what were the other, what were you, was it an exclusive for, for Black Pearl or no. um, were they, who, who are the other, you know, they, um, host, um, they host a few brands at a time. So I think there were maybe three or four of us. Um, and it was different at the two locations. So while I was at the Fort Lauderdale um, and the California store, it wasn't the same at both. Um, so actually, while I was at the Fort Lauderdale store, um, Bethany Frankel's jean line, um, Skinny Girl Jeans, was installed at the same time. So I wasn't upset about that. That was a pretty good traffic driver. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I, I, and I don't know their process for how they determine who will be there at the same time. But looking back, it doesn't seem like there was a strategy around, you know, obviously they didn't have another swimwear brand, but I'm not sure if there was any other planning beyond that or if it was just, you know, who was available and made sense. So it was pretty random. It seemed random to me. Mm. Yes. Um, So, yeah. And then, you know, did I meet all of my objectives? Yes, because I will be frank with you. I, I took off revenue goals because I felt like this was more important from the perspective of learning um, and wanting to get that feedback and the data about the interaction um, than necessarily just to drive sales because we do that pretty well online. Um, So this was a little bit more about trying something different that we hadn't done before and what can we learn from that. So I did meet those objectives. um, And one of those things was you know, to do retail um, when you're not creating your own store, to be a part of someone else's store or space, you really need to pick someone who is aligned with your same brand values um, and your vision. And so that's where I kind of felt like, you know, it didn't actually line up. So a lot of Macy's customers are driven by sales and coupons and daily deals and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not really something that Black Pearl does. You know, if we're going to do a deal, it's to add value to the client. So, you know, when you buy more than one top, there's some value created there. Yeah. Um, not just discount shopping for the sake of discount shopping. Just moving moving stock inventory. There's, there's a lack of purpose there. If you look at Lululemon, that's not what they're doing, you know. Well, no, no. And we really, you know, if a woman buys a swimsuit for uh, from us, we want her to be our customer yeah. for as long as she's wearing a swimsuit. Yeah. You know, we don't want it to be transactional. Well, we, exactly. at least we got her in a suit. Okay, on to the next customer. No, You no. know, we really want her to come back and, and really connect with the brand and want to keep 
buying. And I suppose it's, it's building value beyond, you know, value in the monetary sense of it. Value in terms of when you hold the fabric, when you hold the brand, there's, there's an essence. It makes you feel special, intangible value, more or less, that you can't really quantify with the amount of money you spend. It has to be feeling. Absolutely. Yes. We want someone to be just as excited and feel great when they're trying on a swimsuit as they're going to be when they're wearing it on vacation, right? Like you're buying swimsuits for a great reason. You're, you know, either it's summer or you're going somewhere exciting, but for some reason there's a mismatch in the actual. So, (laughs) so what, what, who, you know, what other brand do you think would, would you, would, would line quite nicely with um with 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 a with a brand essence of, of black pearl somewhere well what i've discovered is i think we're really more aligned with a boutique customer mm. so i'm not sure that any mass retailer is really going to be the best fit for us um because we like that individualized service and that feeling of you're special and this is, you know, a product that's been thoughtfully curated for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not sure that that's really happening at any big box retailer, though, um, you know, I think Nordstrom is doing a much more curated and thoughtful process in their mm-hmm. in-store installations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're doing pop-ups as well with digitally native brands. Yeah. Um, so you know, it'd be worth trying that out as well to see if we're more aligned because they're also a customer service centric brand. Um, I think they really do aim to make people feel special when they walk in the door. So your your customer avatar is, um, you know, mothers, you know, um, middle-class moms, you know, that, um, what wants it to, to wear and feel good in, in their swimwear. Um, and therefore like diverse women, as you said, you know, um, size wise and yeah, different shapes, different ethnicities. Um, you know, we, and as you did look on our site, you know, we choose women who are not bikini models, um, that's important too. You should see how it looks on, and you know, I mean, the women are beautiful, but like an average woman, Um, you know, to try and keep that transparency. I think my description, my initial description of your site um, was not, was, you know, she fell short. It's welcoming. That's what I was looking for. Thank you for saying that. That's so important to me. Yeah. 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 Okie dokie. So boutique wise, if you're good, if you go down the boutique, um, you know, route, would you be looking at working with, you know, um, independent boutiques or would you just go direct to consumer boutique um, with a boutique or both? Um, I think I'd be open to both. I think the greater value for me, um, because I retail some other items on my store as well. So mm-hmm. you'll find cover-ups, you'll find Turkish towels, um, you know, tumblers for cocktails, things like that, that I think pair well with our apparel that we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't see us providing a lot of mutual value to another online uh, boutique the way that we would um, like an independent brick and mortar boutique owner. That being said, I've also, you know, a lot of boutiques are starting to franchise in the U.S. um, So they'll have a larger footprint. And I'm not opposed to that type of relationship either, where it is still a little bit more corporate than, you know, a single boutique with one owner. But I I do like the footprint. Yeah, the scale Mm -hmm. of that. Um, And Mm -hmm. so if I found the right one that 
that kind of had the same vision for their client and the experience they wanted to provide, I think that would be the right fit for us. And again, we're not ever going to go to the discount boutiques, the um, the people that are really just focusing on transactional, you know, let's move product through. Um, and I don't think we align very well with super trendy, um, you know, fast fashion mm, mentality. Yeah, yeah. We're more like a, yeah, like we're going to be in Deliberate, a wardrobe. It's almost like a, a boutique yoga brand, you know, you know when, when you, you know, um, yoga, you know, one pants and you, you know, yoga accessories brand. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's quite fascinating. So I, I suppose the learnings, nonetheless, you know, the experience, you know, has taught you what not to, what what not to, what what not your your dislikes, you know, and that <laughs> yeah. sort of narrows down what you want. It narrows down your focus, doesn't it? Absolutely, I definitely have a better grasp on who we are as a company exactly. and where we fit. Um, and I will tell you, Kunle, it was very interesting for the first time to see your product on the floor next to other products because while that's happening online, I know she has multiple browsers open, but like to actually see your product and how it stands out or doesn't from you know the other offerings was very, very valuable. Um, and it's something I've taken with me and I think about Offline too. Uh, I mean, also online. emotional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would think <laughs> because you put your heart, blood, you know, and sweat, you know, into into it, into building, you know, um, the the brand. So, um, you 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 didn't mention it here, but you repeated um the the experience, the you know, um, in February of this year. Um, how how did that compare? Um, were you much more mature or mature is not the right word, but you know, <laughs> um, were you, did, what kind of, you know, what made you take it, this take up the opportunity the second time at Macy's and, um, did you do things much more deliberately because you knew what to expect? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the opportunity again because I felt like September was the end of summer. So it's kind of like an end of season time. Whereas February, at least in the US, is kind of the beginning of swim season. Um, A lot of people start to take holiday and vacations. And so I wanted that experience of, okay, let's come in on the front end where they're, they're, they're excited about swimwear. They're not like, okay, yeah, Swim's been out for months. You know, like, let's catch them when it's like, oh, it's fresh and it's new. And I did go in way more deliberately, uh, which, good or bad, so I immediately put things on sale. <laughs> okay, so you, no, this is quite interesting, customer. though. This is quite yeah. interesting, Molly, because um, you more or less adapted to the retail mm-hmm. environment. I did, I did. Because I could have you know, stuck to, no, we don't do that. Um, But I also kind of looked at it as an experiment, you know, let's try, let's put it on sale and see how that works. Um, And I do think the Macy's customer responded more to it. But again, that just informs me that that's not where we really should be long-term. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Um, But would you do it again? I think I feel pretty good about the experiences that I had with Macy's. And Mm. like I said, I I don't think that we're meant to be together. So I do want to continue doing pop-ups. I think I shared with you this weekend, even I'm hosting one with a local boutique owner here. 
Um, and so I, I think I'd like to take that strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I also think, um, direct selling, you know, um, where you have, um, ladies hosting, um, you know, parties, you know, events, uh, I was involved in a, you know, direct selling campaign in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll work. It resonates with, um, you know, because with, with, with a brand, because, um, first of all, your, your avatar kind of aligns with that avatar and, right. um, you know, there's that, feel touch it's a very friendly environment and you know they're having these um parties and you know they're 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 obliged to sometimes you know buy and um normally (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's invite their friends and put the pressure on them to buy yeah absolutely it's funny you say that though that actually was my launch party for my brand was i hosted a party at my home and invited you know all of my network and kind of did that (laughs) so i think you're right i do think that that could be a really interesting way to connect with people offline as well Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Um, I just want to thank you, um, you know, massively for sharing your experience. Not many people would, you know, want to, to, to share their experience, you know, um, I'm being so open and honest, you know, about, um, the, the good, bad and ugly of, of this experience. But before I let you go, Molly, um, we have our lightning round. Um, I'm going to ask you five questions and if you use a single sentence to, to answer, um, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'm wow. in. All right. Fantastic. How do you hire people? Well, I think hiring people is one of the hardest things. I know you said one sentence, so I'm going to try and be concise, but in person, I always hire people in person. In person. Okay. What are your three indispensable tools for managing your business? Black Pearl. Um, let's see. MailChimp, Shopify, QuickBooks. Okay. All right. What's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Uh, You know, (laughs) I hate to call it a mistake, but, you know, maybe trying this partnership with Macy's um, Mm -hmm. where, like I said, you know, just figuring out what's not right and knowing even more clearly what is right for our brand. Giving you terrific um, feedback. Okay. What one piece of advice would you give retailers keen on using pop-up stores um, to, to, to grow their brand? I think finding a good location where you know there will be traffic and aligning yourself with someone who has the same vision and a similar um, target customer mm-hmm. is really important. And, mm-hmm. you know, think through the cost of it as well. Mm. Um, to do it successfully, you know, you're not just throwing your products on hangers. You need to have the signage. You need to think through the professional elements that someone expects for an offline experience. Mm. Interesting. If you could choose a single book or resource that's, you know, made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth, which would it be? Story brand. I think. Story brand. Yes. Uh, that has influenced a lot of how I market and the way that we communicate with our target customers. We're building a story. Yeah. Definitely check it out. And um, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's been fantastic again, you know, having you Molly um, on, on the show. Um, If um, you know, um, our listeners wanted to connect with, um, with you or, you know, um, follow what, um, what you're doing, um, you know, um, what, what, what's the best way for them to follow? I think the best way to connect with me personally is on LinkedIn. Okay. So I'm there as you can either search Molly Stone or Black Pearl. 
Um, that's where I'm doing most of my networking professionally. But if you're in the market for a swimsuit, you can always find us on blackpearlswimwear.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XECommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.